I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the movie, movie lovers. lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. This is the movie review episode of our three episode rotation that we have been doing uh, recently that we switched to recently. This uh, episode, we will be reviewing Amsterdam by David O. Russell. More on that in a second. When we review a movie, we like to focus first on the good, what it is that was positive about a film, what were its strengths, and then focus on the bad, what sucked about a film, what were its flaws, and then move on to final thoughts and spoilers. So let's get into our review of Amsterdam. Harold, I don't know what you think you're doing. Excuse me. Hello. Got a dead white man in a box. Not even a casket. Doesn't even have a top on it. In a pine box of old wood. Who do you think's gonna get in trouble here? Do me a favor. Try to be optimistic. You don't get here without things starting a long time ago. So, two soldiers and a nurse found ourselves in... Amsterdam. We formed a pact, and we swore to protect each other, no matter what. We find ourselves in a situation where we're accused of killing someone, which is not true. Ewan Woodman fled the scene. The killer pointed at us. We didn't do anything. Why would you possibly think that was us? Well, there's not too many people that fit the description of a doctor looking for his eye on the ground with his uh, black attorney. Columbia Law School. Love is funny. We need someone to help us to find the truth. My friend was killed because of something monstrous that he had seen. This is all turning out to be a lot larger than any of us. You're gonna have to take my lead getting out of this. I had to stab a guy. I had to hit a lady with a brick one time. What? It's a long story, but with you two, it'll be a cakewalk. These are dangerous times. You be careful. I'm about to do something that could cost me my life. The cuckoo is in the nest and the cuckoo's about to be trapped. Cuckoo. Finest innovations from Zurich. It removes all pain. Guys like me, we have to turn to booze, the morphine, and that can lead to addiction. Oh, that's fast. Mm -hmm. That's advanced. <laughs> and that was from the trailer to Amsterdam. It is written and directed by David O. Russell's first film in quite some time. It uh, stars Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, and a large cast that includes 
Anya Taylor-Joy, Chris Rock, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers, Taylor Swift, Timothy Oliphant, a very unrecognizable Taylor Oliphant, Zoe Saldana, Rami Malek, and Robert De Niro. It is about three friends who witness a murder in the early 1930s. They're framed for it and uncover one of the most dangerous plots in American history. This is the first film by director David O. Russell since 2015's Joy. Shanna, you were a fan of Joy, as I recall. I was not. I liked it a little more than you. Yeah, to say the least. Let's get into the good, Shanna. I'm curious. We'll get the. I think we're going to have a lot of spoiler talk with this film because the trailers doesn't really give away a whole lot aside from this camaraderie between three friends, the time place that it's set in, and there being some sort of a, a mystery going on that might have bigger implications. Mm-hmm. That said. What did you think of Amsterdam? Do you think that the that the times uh, since Joy has done David O. Russell well? Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I thought it was a lot of fun, and there were a lot of moments that made me laugh, but also some that made me kind of tear up. And it was beautifully shot and well put together. I liked the story. The story was fairly focused for as complicated as it was and i like the the concepts that were they were bringing to the table hmm i'll be interested in hearing more of your thoughts about the concepts they're bringing to the table and the spoiler talk i'm assuming you can't get specific about that here no not at all I will say that the trailer made this film seem like a, a, a just a star-studded blast. And it was kind of a return to form for David O. Russell. You know, I, 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 I liked some of his previous work. The Fighter, I think, was good. I liked American Hustle a little bit less, but Silver Linings Playbook was fairly solid. Uh, he had a pretty good run for a little while there. Not a fan of Joy. I was greatly disappointed by that one. And I think this movie's fine. I like it. I like it. I don't I didn't love it as much as I thought I would. Here's what I like about it. I like the cast quite mm-hmm. a bit. The yes. the three leads, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, they are a great trio. They have great chemistry, I felt. And I, really, I, don't, I don't mind seeing them again in something else. Yeah, well, you know, I was looking at that trio and I was thinking, you know, John David Washington is an up-and-comer pretty much. He's been coming up for the past uh, five-plus years in his career. But I, I feel like Christian Bale, you have one of the greatest actors working today. And Margot Robbie, is, uh, she's... I think, I don't want to overblow it here, but I really think that Margot Robbie is a great actress. Yeah. I I think she's, you know, in her hot streak right now. Uh, You know, you get 10 10 or so years of the hot streak and then... This is the good part. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Nice (laughs) reference. But I think she's, she's fantastic. And I think you have three stages of careers going on here. 
and it, it just makes a wonderful trio. I think the rest of the cast is pretty good as well. I actually this was one of the few few movies that I saw where as I'm watching it for the first time, I'm thinking, wow, I really like the costume design. I really like the makeup. I really like the hair in this. Like I, I if if nothing else, you know, I could see this movie like being mostly forgotten during awards season. Except maybe the Golden Clubs or something. But I would say that this this movie is definitely deserving of consideration for hair, makeup, and, and costume design. Mm-hmm. I really liked that about the film quite a bit. I liked most of the film. Uh, I think that you have this 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 mystery. This it's it's a little bit standard, I suppose, in 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 the whole like oh, there's a someone we know that died, and it turns out they're in, in, not embroiled in, but they're uh, exposed to something bigger going on. You know, we've seen that kind of story many times before. It's not necessarily original in that sense. I think what, what it does bring to that table is, is kind of unique and fresh and, and a lot of that is the relationships with the core characters mm-hmm. some of it is the humor in it the light tone that it has and you had mentioned the importance of it being historically accurate to certain behaviors yes okay yes in the sense that they they do not look at 1930s relationships between different ethnicities, blacks and whites especially, with 21st century lenses. They do stay pretty faithful to how the world, in, or I should say how the United States, how that society, looked at those kinds of relationships. And I do appreciate that. Maybe to an extent, there there's a little bit of 21st centuryness in the sense that, like, the perspective of the movie obviously is that it's 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 those perspectives were wrong that people had at the time that people should be able to love who who they love, whoever they want freely. But the 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 movie does also put in the context that hey, you know, other countries had it right, like they didn't really care. And there were places, if you had the means that you could go to, to love who you wanted to love safely and freely, for the most part. So I, I definitely appreciate that aspect of the movie. Is there anything, Shanna, that that really stuck in your craw or anything that kind of bugged you about the film? Any flaws or issues that you had with it? I can't recall any at this moment. Did you have something that really? I think that this is two thirds of a solid film. And I think the third act, which I won't get into details, but I think the third act stretches a little bit in length. I think it gets a little didactic and a little exposition heavy. And I think this could have been an hour, 55 minute to two hour long film instead of a 134 minute film. You know, it just needed a little bit tighten, uh, a little bit tighter third act hmm. okay. in, in the writing. 
It, I also think that there are things that this movie is reaching for okay. that I think are just outside of its grasp to really stick the landing. You know, the most common criticism I saw about this movie was that it's trying to do too many things. And I don't necessarily agree that it's trying to do too many things, but I do think that it has some big things that it's reaching for and it doesn't quite nail it with those big things. Okay. And, but that's about it. I think this is a fairly enjoyable film. I would give it a 7 out of 10. I uh, ended up liking it, not loving it. Uh, won't be my pick for the best of the year. Uh, I agree with the 7. For me, it's getting a 7 because although it was enjoyable and fun, I don't think it's necessarily Oscar material. So hmm. that's where I'm coming from with that. Okay, well, with that, why don't we dive on into spoilers? It sounds like, in general, if you haven't seen the film, because it's very possible it just came out more or less at the time of a recording, I think it may be hitting its second, have hit its second weekend by the time you're listening here. Uh, you have just a little bit of opportunity. So, if, But if you haven't seen the, the film, we do recommend checking it out. But if you have seen the film, we're going to talk spoilers, talk a little bit more in depth about some of the plot elements and any strengths or issues that we had with them and our final thoughts starting now. Okay, Shanna, I'm going to let you go first. Actually, I was going to jump in and say you should share what's what, why you docked at three points and what was too much for you or irritating. Um, I don't, because as we said, as I said earlier, I don't recall any issues. You didn't. Okay. You didn't have any issues. Okay. So the biggest thing is you, the third act revolves around this event that the whole movie is trying to get to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is this event for this unit to honor these soldiers who were black soldiers in World War One, right? Not something that was a is well known today. I mean, people know about black soldiers in World War Two. Not so much about World War One. Uh, they weren't exactly the most popular soldiers in World War One, as as the film depicts that they were told to wear French uniforms so that way they wouldn't look like they are one of the Americans, which is terrible. I think slowly we've started seeing how black people are portrayed in World War One and World War Two, and how they were mistreated, not mm-hmm. only, you know, during the war, but also coming home. Yes. So I, we could definitely use more films that are addressing that and any other minorities too, quite frankly. So we have this event... And they've talked Robert De Niro's character into speaking at this event. He's like this huge decorated, what was it? Marine, I want to say. Marine general, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he's, he's spoken. He's a big proponent of veterans he really tries to do what he can to make sure that veterans uh, get what they deserve from the government and 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 are treated well and this unit is no exception but also there are other 
interested parties in his speech at this event. You have the CIA and MI6 who want him to speak at this event to try to lure members of this secret organization out from hiding. And you also have this secret organization called the, the Fives. It's something Fives. It's the Fives and then something else. Yeah, the Five somethings. And they want him to speak at this event to talk veterans into doing some very unconstitutional things and and, and, and model do some things that are modeled after apparently um, uh, Mussolini of of Italy at that time. Apparently Mussolini was fairly well known at this point in the early 30s and uh, the the direction is to go towards fascism. Yeah, overthrowing the government and breaking everything that the U.S. is supposed to be. Right. So you have this 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 thing, and and this is where it starts to get a little more didactic. In the sense that you have Robert De Niro's actual uh, his character's speech, and and it it kind of is hitting the message one of the messages of the movie hard. But then after that speech, when those in, in involved come to light and it becomes a major character, I guess I can say because it's we're in the spoilers section, Rami Malek and his wife Anya Taylor-Joy are a part of this organization. Um, what is it that his company is? Textiles. Textiles. That's mm-hmm. right. He's a textile company. That's right. And that's the whole thing is it, it turns out it's like four or five of like the most significant leaders in particular industries right coming together and trying to influence the public towards evil essentially <laughs> towards fascism towards these other things so that they can they can have control which in a way sounds a bit one dimensional uh diabolical but on the other hand like this is also one of the major things that the movie is trying to speak to is it's really trying to warn us about the dangers of today with corporations kind of lulling us into certain directions. 1% having all the control. Yes. And also... And it doesn't have to be that way. Right. But also controlling what the, the news is, controlling what um, the messages about particular people and influencing the public this way right the thing is though we have this backstage con con confrontation and it lasts so long where they're spending minutes spelling everything out and that's where one of the places where in the third act it really needs some tightening up Mm. Much like my description of this third act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yes, could have been tighter. <laughs> Your description. Anyway, I, I rather liked it. I was okay with the pacing because at, at some point I must have gone confused when I went to the restroom because 
for some reason, I thought we we had just finished World War Two, and obviously it was World War One. And so I got confused when I saw Germans shouting when the general didn't follow the the uh, desired script. And, yeah. um, and just for a second, I was confused. So I was happy with them spelling it out for me. So I'm okay with the pacing, especially if you're not aware of how long it took America to join in with World War II to become aware of what was happening mm. uh, leading up to World War II. So I I was fine with that. But I understand, you know, it probably could have been tighter. It probably could have been a little better. Uh, I don't know how. Do you think that it nailed it? I wouldn't say nail, but I thought they did fine. Mm, 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 okay. Okay. I, I hear that. Um, that was that was my primary issue with the film. I thought it was doing just fine. I didn't think, oh my god, this is a home run until then necessarily. But I thought it was a, it was a really good movie up until then, and that's that's when things kind of fell apart uh, for me. Is there anything else in spoilers that you wanted to discuss about the film, uh, strengths or otherwise? I think you've sort of covered it with your description. I like that we were seeing how black soldiers were treated so that, you know, those who don't know yet are aware of that and it reinforces, you know, they were there, they Mm. did help Mm. and were mistreated. I love that they were showing how veterans were not being taken care of, that medicines had to be experimented with to try and deal with pain management, etc. I mean, Mm. that's crazy that I, I always think that when veterans are not being taken care of i always feel like that's just such a disservice to people that have gone and fought for the country yeah absolutely and for others and so that was just infuriating i thought that christian bale when they're backstage with rami malik anya taylor joy was was funny but also very true in that, you know, they're getting the eye drops and he's having a good time and he's feeling, he has this like three seconds of absolute joy because he doesn't feel any pain at all. Uh-huh, right. Because uh, he has and, back pain. And, and yeah. clearly he has, uh, what is it called when you're constantly in pain? Chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And so for just, just, a, just a few seconds, he's absolutely loving life and feels like he can tackle the world, you know, and is just at peace with himself. And you see his face light up, but then all of a sudden, <laughs> Anna Taylor-Joy says, and it just makes us feel so much closer to the supreme race. And he's like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. <laughs> and so he's knocked back down to earth. Mm. And I just thought that that was a really great moment because you do get, one does get wrapped up with certain things happening and, uh, whether there's an outside element like a drug or a, a more direct element where you're feeling good with being around people, certain people, and then all of a sudden something will make you wake up and realize, oh no, something's very wrong here. Hmm. So I I appreciated little moments in the film like that. I really love the moment where Margot Robbie and John David Washington are looking at each other and they talk about like the narration is something along the lines of, Oh, you know, when you can see someone and you can see the child that they were and Mm. just see them in their absolute essence. Mm -hmm. And that was those shots were just so beautiful. And the energy that the two of those actors brought to this film was just stunning. And I just, you bought in completely felt so much Mm. 
when the two of them were on screen. Hmm. Um, especially John David Washington, you know, it doesn't matter who he's with or around or what he's doing in a film. He just has such great energy presence and he he has this wonderful skill of he doesn't have to have many lines of dialogue, many words. Hmm. You can still he gets the message across with his body language, movement or lack of. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like him a lot so far in what little I have seen him in up to this point. And I, I think that he has a very exciting career ahead of him. I was just looking at David O. Russell's films. I would probably say of the films I've seen of his being Three Kings, The Fighter, Silver Lines Playbook, and American Hustle and Joy, I would probably put this right behind Silver Lining's Playbook and The Fighter for me. How about you? Hmm. I guess this one's at the top for me. Amsterdam at the top. Really? You like the, this more than Silver Lines Playbook, American Hustle, and Joy? Yeah, I think so. And have you seen any of his other films before those? Absolutely not. No? Okay. Okay. Uh, so, you know, obviously we, we are not David O. Russell acolytes or anything like that. <laughs> we have some blind spots as far as his career is concerned. But I am glad that he came back. I just, I just think that he needs a little bit tighter pass on his scripts or someone to, to look over and edit his work, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes someone can become so successful that nobody's saying no to, to what they create and no one's reining them in or, or giving them the, thing, the tools that they need to make their material stronger. Mm-hmm. And... I think there's a little bit of that in Amsterdam, but uh, by by no means a horrible film. So did you have anything else to add about the film that you wanted to talk about? No, I think the cinematography was pretty symbolic and straightforward. Every time that there was something beautiful and happy happening, it had this lovely sort of yellow, brown, golden tone to it. And as soon as things got sad, it was almost jarring, but in a good way, everything kind of turned blue. So... The cinematography was by Emmanuel Lubezki. Are you familiar with no. Emmanuel Lubezki? Mm-mm. He's best known for doing the cinematography of Children of Men, uh, The Revenant, okay. Birdman, Gravity. He's done apparently a lot of single take shots. <laughs> I don't know if I noticed anything like that in Amsterdam. Did you? No, I think the the lighting was already beautiful though, and lush and appropriate. Lovely, very good. So. Uh, those are our thoughts on Amsterdam. We both recommend it. Shanna, a little more than me. What do you think of Amsterdam? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. All right, Shanna, before we go into what people can expect in the next episode of The Movie Lovers, the last episode of this three-episode cycle, why don't you share where people can find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Shanna Paxton Photography and on Flickchart, Spellbinding A. Excellent. Go to thegibsonreview.com. This is Halloween season, horror season, horror hound's favorite time of the year. I recommend if you haven't yet, go check out 
on the GibsonReview.com my review of my article on the Universal Monster movies. And by the time you're listening, you might also be able to find on there an article about the Nightmare on Elm Street series of films where I review each film in the proper franchise and rank them as well. Mm-hmm. That is at the Gibson Review. Dot com follow on social media facebook.com slash the gibson review and instagram at the gibson 99 i do bracket polls there and let me see if we've done a bracket poll recently since the last episode i know we did the favorite 2000s movie that ended up being the dark knight I'm not sure that we've done anything else since, though. Um, we should have on there soon your favorite documentary. As we're recording, we are in the middle of that. And soon we should have your favorite horror movie. Why? Because the next episode <laughs> of The Movie Lovers We'll be talking about our favorite horror films. We've never done this. It's kind of a Halloween-themed thing. We've never been able to line it up to do something like this. We've done our favorite horror of the decade. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, confused me to no end because oh. I thought that we had done this already, but it was really of the decade. Right. And so we'll talk a little bit more about how that shapes up and what our favorites will be. We are limited to 12 films of the entire genre So I'm excited about that. I think that'll be an interesting challenge. Look for that episode on Tuesday, October 25th, just a few days before Halloween. Mm -hmm. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying bye-bye.